Welcome. This is Daniel Davis, and you are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This week we are getting into Unit 19, Session 2, titled, The Savior is Presented. Last week we focused on the Apostle John's cosmic revelation of Jesus as the Word made flesh. Prior to His incarnation, the Word was with God and was God, and by Him all things were made. As the second person of the Trinity, the Son has eternally existed in perfect communion with the Father and the Spirit, and then He entered into His creation. The Timeless One took on flesh and subjected Himself to the progression of time. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, the eternally begotten Son of the Father took on flesh and became a human being. He then spent nine months developing in Mary's womb until the day he was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger. The Gospel writers spent almost no time covering the details of Jesus' life following his birth, up until the time he began his public ministry around the age of 30. Their main focus was the three years of Jesus' ministry in and around Jerusalem, proclaiming the kingdom of God. And in particular, they highlighted the events of what we call Passion Week, which culminated in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Mark, for example, started his gospel with Jesus' ministry, and spent roughly half of the total time of his writing describing the final weeks of Jesus' life before the crucifixion. In Luke's gospel, however, we are given a few glimpses into Jesus' early years to reveal his perfect character. Even from childhood, Jesus fulfilled all of the law, showing that he is the Messiah, the righteous one who came, sent by the Father, to bring salvation to the world. In point one, we examine Luke's purpose for recording two early events in Jesus' life. The first when he was only eight days old, and the second a few weeks later. That purpose? To show the Messiah will fulfill the law entirely. The first event involved Jesus' circumcision as a male Israelite child, and he also officially received his name Jesus on this occasion. Circumcision was a matter of obedience to the law, and it underscored Jesus' true humanity. Being given the name Jesus was a step of obedience his parents took, having been told by an angel from God to name him so in Luke 1 and Matthew 1. The second event of Jesus' infancy included a trip to the temple in Jerusalem, where Jesus, a firstborn son, was presented and redeemed via an animal sacrifice. This recalled the law of God surrounding the original Passover in which the firstborn sons of the Hebrews were spared from the plague of the death angel by the death of a lamb in their place. The blood of that lamb was painted on the doorpost of the house. Jesus' earthly parents were conscious of their responsibility to obey the law of God, and they did so on behalf of their son. Because Mary and Joseph obeyed the law in these early days, it can be said of Jesus that he fulfilled the law perfectly. If they had shirked their responsibilities early on, then Jesus would have been found to be in violation of the law of God and unable to die for our sin in our place. In point two, we see that the Messiah will bring salvation globally. On the occasion of Jesus and his parents being in the temple for his presentation and redemption, the Lord led a man named Simeon to enter the temple so he could see the fulfillment of a promise he had received from the Lord. 
Simeon had been told by God that he would see the promised Messiah before he died. And upon seeing the infant Jesus, he knew God had kept his promise. This older man proclaimed the baby Jesus to be the source of salvation for God's people, and not only for the Israelites, but for the Gentiles as well. Most of the gospel narratives record Jesus' interactions with his own people, the Israelites. But the few occasions in which we see Jesus interact with Gentiles affirm that God does not show favoritism and that he has a heart for the salvation of all peoples. Indeed, the promise of Scripture is that the church will be comprised of people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Simeon saw this in faith. We believers have the privilege and calling to go and make disciples of all nations through the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, fulfilling the promise and prophecy made to and by Simeon as we go. Finally, in point three, we jump ahead a few years, 12 to be exact, and read a childhood narrative that teaches us the Messiah will obey the Father completely. As young Jesus hits upon the age of becoming a man in Israelite tradition, he exerts his independence and remains behind in Jerusalem. His parents began the journey home at the conclusion of their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and they assumed Jesus was with them. But after discovering that he was not, they raced back to the city in a frantic search to find him. When they do find young Jesus, he has been in the temple listening, asking questions, and offering insights and answers. When confronted by his parents, Jesus replies with no malice or disrespect, but the simple truth. Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? Luke says that Mary and Joseph didn't understand, but young Jesus believed they should have because they knew his unique origin. Jesus is the Son of God. Perhaps Mary and Joseph let it slip out of their minds that Jesus came into this world for a divinely ordained purpose. On one occasion, my mother-in-law took my son to the doctor for us. And when being asked about family history for him, she began providing what she knew about her side of the family. But then it hit her, to the delight of the doctor, that my son is adopted and her family medical history wouldn't apply. It is easy to go through life and allow a sense of normalcy to permeate our understanding and perception of our circumstances. But with Jesus, Mary and Joseph had a supremely unique case that would upend their expectations throughout their lives. Jesus had a purpose and a mission and a unique relationship with God the Father that would direct his every step on the road to the cross for our salvation. After this, Jesus respectfully and obediently returned home with Mary and Joseph. In none of this did he sin. But it was becoming clear just how unique Jesus was because he was putting first priority on obeying his heavenly Father. Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. His life of perfect obedience and sinlessness pleased the Father and proved that he is the worthy sacrifice for sin, the only one who can stand in the place of sinners and take on the eternal punishment that we have earned with our sin. By the eternal plan of God, and His matchless love, mercy, and grace, all who trust in Jesus receive life and forgiveness through His death and resurrection, and amazingly, are credited with His perfect righteousness.
because we believers in Jesus Christ have been credited with His righteousness, we should live knowing that we are fully accepted by God, while also seeking to obey God in all areas out of gratitude and love for Him. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.